Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Now, Brian, if you would read John chapter 8 for us. We're going to go to Genesis 15 in just a moment. We are continuing um, our series in Genesis, of course, and, and we've been in the life of Abraham two or three weeks now. Well, Dr. Holler was here. Was that last week? Or no, it was two weeks ago, wasn't it? Okay. I have no idea what he said because it didn't get put on our podcast yet. So I wanted to listen to it so I wouldn't repeat him, but there's a good chance I'm going to repeat him. Huh? It was, all right. it was okay? All right. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 56. If you would read that, Brian. This You're, is Jesus speaking to the Jews. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Your father Abraham, he says, rejoiced to see my day. Now go to Galatians chapter 3, Brian, if you would, verse 8. Your, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Now, we have to remember, this is a long time after Abraham was on the earth. There were 14 generations from Abraham to David, and there were 14 generations from David to Jesus, all right? 28 generations later. A long time. And he says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. All right? Galatians chapter 3, verse 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. Okay, so he says, in you all the nations. And it says that the scriptures preached before to Abraham. This is a 400 and some odd years before scripture was ever even penned by a man. All right, so how would the scriptures preach to Abraham? All right, this is how, this is one way that he saw Jesus because the scripture says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. All right. So he did see Jesus in that way because Genesis 15 now, verse 1 opens up saying, in the, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. You don't hear vision. You, vision's not with your ears, it's with your eyes, right? So Abraham saw something. He said he rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Came to in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Let's go to verse two. But Abraham said, "Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus?" Three. Then Abram said, "Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir." Verse four. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, "This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir." Verse five. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Verse 6, and he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Verse 7, then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. Now remember he said that, that he was going to bless him with descendants. And, and as the Lord is telling him, I'm your reward, and he'd, he'd already heard that promise. And, you know, in you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. I'm going to multiply you exceedingly. And Abraham said, okay, that's great. That's great. But I don't have any kids. All right? So what are you going to give me? So then he, so then he says, and he says I, go, go back to verse 7, to give you this land to inherit it. Next, he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I shall inherit it? 
What are you going to give me seeing I go, I go childless? And how do I know that I'm going to inherit this land? How do I know? Because I don't have a title deed in my hand. And what man is going to believe me if I say, this is my land? And say, really? Prove it. Well, the Lord told me. What, what do you, what, how is this going to happen, God? Now watch. Look at verse Look at God's answer. So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Now to you, that's like, okay, that's weird. Bring me some animals. <laughs> verse 10. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. Okay, so now we need to understand about what's going on here. What's happening here? This is a Hebrew tradition of making covenant. All right? They would cut an animal in two, and the two men who were making covenant would walk in between the halves. All right? walk in between the halves, and that, that would symbolize then if one of them broke the covenant, then that blood would be upon them, and that blood would be upon them and their animals as well. That means that they, they, they have cursed themselves, okay? So they open, they would cut open a calf. Oh, actually, let's look at, I'll show you an example. Let's go to, um, <laughs> I love, thank you, uh, Kristen, just fly with me here, uh, Jeremiah 34. Jeremiah 34. We're going to start. Um, let's go to verse, let's start in verse 12. Jeremiah 34, 12. We could do that. I am going somewhere, just stick with me. And I do know what time it is, so there's no way we're going to get through all this tonight. Shocker. Therefore, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, uh, uh, Jeremiah 34, verse 12. Therefore, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, <laughs> interesting wording, isn't it? The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, thus says the Lord, uh, the God of Israel, I made a covenant with your fathers in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, saying... Uh, we're in verse 14 now. At the end of seven years, let every man set free his Hebrew brother who has been sold to him. And when he has served you six years, you shall let him go free from you. What's that called, Stephen? That's called Jubilee. All right? It's called Jubilee. The seventh year is called Jubilee. So if you've hired somebody to be your slave for six years, the seventh year, they don't work for you anymore. All right? Um, where then you recently, then you recently turned and did what was right in my sight. Every man proclaiming liberty to his neighbor, and you made a covenant before me in the house which is called by my name. Verse sixteen. Then you turned around and profaned my name, and every one of you brought back his male and female slaves whom you had set at liberty at their pleasure, and brought them back into subjection to be your male and female slaves. Verse seventeen. Therefore, thus says the Lord, you have not obeyed me in proclaiming liberty, everyone to his brother and everyone to his neighbor. Behold, I proclaim liberty to you, says the Lord, to the sword, to pestilence, to famine. Oh, this is not good. And I will deliver you to trouble among all the kingdoms of the earth. Verse 18, 
And I will give the men who have transgressed my covenant, who have not performed the words of the covenant which they made before me when they cut the calf in two and passed between the parts of it. All right, so this is how men made covenant. All right, both parties that were coming into covenant, they walked in between those. So isn't this beautiful that they are to proclaim liberty? One, of the, one thing that Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? To proclaim liberty. And once he's proclaimed liberty, my family, he ain't going to change that. That's called breaking covenant. And God don't like that, apparently. So here it is. So now God says, bring me this. So Abraham cuts three of the five animals in two. Notice it's five. Interesting, the number of five is here. The number five is here. So already we are seeing a shadow of Jesus, aren't we? Yeah. Now, let's continue to read this. This is powerful. Where are we at? Genesis 15. Let's go back there. Verse 10. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds into. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. Okay, this is interesting. How long does a carcass have to lay there before vultures find it? I imagine that some time has gone by here from the time the Lord gave him the instructions to gather these creatures and to do what he's supposed to do. And then now there's some time going by. Vultures come, they're flying around and they're trying to eat the carcasses and God hasn't shown up yet. God hasn't shown up. He's just giving him instructions what to do. Listen to me, people of faith. Here we go. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Okay, Lord, I've done what you told me to do. Where are you? Where are you at? And these vultures come in, listen to me, to try to steal what God has promised you, to try to take from you, to try to distract you. Because in this time, there is this Opportunity for the enemy knows that you're waiting on something. So he wants to come and distract you and hurl things at you and try to steal from you. The scripture says when the word, Jesus said when the word comes to you, the enemy comes to try to take it. These vultures are coming. Take away. And Abraham's shooing them away. I like what Abraham's doing. He ain't giving them a time, the time of day. Get out of here. That's the authority that you have over the enemy. Shut up. Shut up. Get out of here. I've got, I've got something going on with God. All right? I'm going to see this through. I'm going to see this through because he's going to see it through. And so far, he's proven nothing but faithful, faithful, faithful to me. All right? So the vultures can come. But listen to me. What is it that Brother Copeland used to say? You can't stop the birds from flying overhead, but you can keep them from making a nest in your head. Huh? <laughs> so... 
these vultures came and he shoot them. And then the sun's going down now. Okay, now the sun's going down. All right, Lord. Watch this. And this deep sleep fell upon Abram. And behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to him, that is God said, and now God shows up. Okay. Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. How many of you know this is probably not the word he was expecting to hear from God? And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge afterward. They will come out with great possessions. Now, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. Anybody receive that tonight? Amen. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Now, that's an interesting phrase, isn't it? The, the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. That sounds like it's right out of a Tolkien book. The iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And <laughs> All right. Apparently the Amorites who were in that land at the time had not done enough evil for God to remove them from the land. But their iniquity is growing. And by the time he brings the children of Israel out of bondage, it will be time for these people to leave. So understand something, that God was not just shooing people and causing the Jews to come in and say, no, this is our land. These people have sinned their way out of this land. All right, so this isn't revenge. All right? They're coming in and taking what God has given them. He has disinherited the others. All right? He's given it to his people. So he's not stealing land. All right. The iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. All right, what verse was that? 16, verse 17, it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark. That behold there, now where's Abram? He's a, and he's, he's having a dream or something. The Lord's speaking to him. He's understanding, what he's but he's in a deep sleep, the scripture says. Look at this. It came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. Wait a second. Wait, this is a covenant between God and Abraham. But Abraham's not walking through these pieces. Abraham's asleep. And he's seeing this happen in a vision or in a dream. But he has nothing to do with making this covenant with God. What God is telling him is he's saying that this is on me. This is all on me. I'm making my covenant with you. And the smoke and the fire, the smoke and the fire. You remember how God led the children of Israel once they were out of captivity of Babylon or of, of Egypt? Huh? During the day, it was a cloud of smoke. And at night, it was a pillar of fire. These things represent his presence. But this is awesome. That presence of God walking between what? flesh and blood. This is a picture, again, of God taking on flesh. So this is Abraham seeing Jesus. This is what Jesus meant when Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad because what he saw was a God that made covenant with him without him having anything to do with it except receive it. This is what God did for you. 
Jesus cut that covenant in his own body. He bore your sin all by himself. Don't forget, when he was in that garden at his most desperate hour before that cross, where were the disciples? Just like Abraham. Hmm? Because they couldn't bear his, help bear the sins. They couldn't help bear the weight. It was all on this one. It was all on this one who was making this covenant with us. And our part in this covenant was to believe it and receive it. Now, this isn't all that Abraham saw when he saw Jesus. But this is pretty awesome so far. He saw that written word, and now he sees the presence of God in flesh. Interesting. Now, and it came to pass when the sun went down. Okay, on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Kadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the uh, Rephaim. Rephaim, that's a, that's a Brazilian steakhouse. Yeah, the toy's really good. Anyway, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Interesting. This is interesting. So God makes this covenant. It's a powerful thing with Abraham. All right? And this is the title deed. This is to, what, what was that? That was specifically for the land, wasn't it? He said, how am I going to know I'm going to inherit it? He said, I'll cut a covenant right now. You're going to get this land. There's going to be some trouble for a few hundred years, but you're going to come out on top. And Abraham was satisfied with that. The next thing that happens is Sarah goes, obviously I'm not going to have any kids. The Lord promised you a son, so here's Hagar. Take her, and maybe I can have a child through her. So Abraham says, all right. And no argument there. So he takes Hagar, and sure enough, she conceives. And she has Ishmael. And when she has Ishmael, um, then uh, the angel of the Lord, or Sarah sees her and sees that she's despised by Hagar. Hagar sees her and she's flaunting around the house with this baby going, <laughs> yeah, I did what you couldn't do. And it made Sarah angry. And so she scolded Hagar and she ran off out in the desert. And the angel of the Lord came and visited her. And told her to name that baby Ishmael, for God has heard her, and that he was going to bless that baby. So go back to Sarah, submit yourself to her. So then she came back. Some time goes by. Genesis chapter 17. Are you still with me? Yeah. Genesis chapter 17. Now we have another covenant taking place. This covenant is where God shows up in Genesis chapter 17. And says this, I am almighty God. It's the first time we see God in this way. I am almighty God, or El Shaddai. The Hebrew is El Shaddai. And we've talked about that, the all-sufficient sustainer. First time God introduced himself in this way was to Abraham. Isn't that awesome? So God introduces himself in a new way. Abraham had not known him in this way. 
He showed him his new name, and Abraham also got a new name. From Abram to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. Oh yeah, and one more thing. This is your part in the deal, Abraham. Sharpen up that pocket knife. And you're going to be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, not to be made righteous, because you already made righteous when you believe me. This is the seal of the righteousness of faith. And this is going to separate you from the rest of the world, because I promise you no other people want to do this. So Abraham took Ishmael, who was 13 at this point. Abraham, when he has Ishmael, he's 86 years old, all right? And at at Genesis 17, he's 99 years old. When he takes the knife to himself, his son is 13 years old, and no telling how all the men of his his house were. He He had to circumcise all of them. Wow. So now they're a separated people. They don't look like everybody else anymore. All right? Matter of fact, it was so important to the Jews. It was so important to the, to the Jews that they had to have people at the door checking for that very thing in order to let them come to the temple. How'd you like that position in the church? What, what, what do I have to do again? Yeah, okay, so you, yeah, when you stand at the door, you say hi and then say, lift the skirt up, fella, and we're going to see if you're allowed to come in here. That's why David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. You understand what he's saying? I'd, that, I'd rather take the lowest job looking at what I don't want to look at you know what? Doing anything, any service in church today is eons ahead of what that position is, all right? We should never complain. Just thank God I'm not a doorkeeper. Thank you, Jesus. Tommy, aren't you glad that ain't the job anymore? Aren't you glad that's not what you do here? Amen. You just get to shake hands now. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek, but the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. But, oh, this is important. Remember why. Circumcision, this isn't God just being weird, all right? I mean, it, was, it had to have been extremely strange during that time. But, but, but what men didn't understand, what they probably didn't understand at that time is, here again, I'm going to say this, Abraham is seeing Jesus in this. Because every child that would be born through that circumcision scar, that seed that would pass through that scar would be a consecrated seed. It would be considered a holy seed by God. All that was was entrance now for Jesus to come to the earth through a pure seed. Because the scripture calls Jesus the seed of David. The seed of David. Now, how many of you know that David wasn't the purest. Hmm? 
Thank God it wasn't about their performance. It was about that seal, that scar that separated them from everyone else that would make a way for the Redeemer to come. In this, he saw Jesus. And lastly, in Genesis chapter 22, well, by Genesis 20, is it 20 or 21? Isaac is born. Isaac is born. Finally, Abraham is 100 years old when Isaac shows up. And Sarah is 90. And they had a good laugh about it, so much so that they named him Laughter. And God told him, take your son, your only son, upon that mountain, which I tell you, and sacrifice him as a burnt offering to me. So Abraham got up and did it. And as he's up on that mountain, he has laid the wood, started the fire, he has bound his son, and he lays him down on that wood, and he raises that knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord calls up from heaven and says, Abraham, Abraham, stop. Now I know you'll not withhold anything, seeing that you would not withhold your only son from me. And Abraham told Isaac, because Isaac said, where's the, where's the sacrifice? I see all the other parts, but where's the lamb? And God said, God will provide. Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb. And Abraham turns around, and there's a ram caught in a thicket. And instead of Isaac, the ram was sacrificed. Now Abraham really sees Jesus. Now he really sees him. That we would not have to die for our sins, but that God would send his own son. Because now God owes Abraham. Because now they're in covenant. Abraham has offered up the most precious thing. Now God owes him his son since Abraham was willing to give his son. Now God has entrance into the earth without looking like he's invading the earth, without looking like he's just forcing Jesus upon us. No, I'm in covenant with a man who gave up his son. Now I've got to give up my son. And anyone who will now act like Abraham will get all the benefits of that son. Hallelujah. That we are all heirs of God through faith. We are heirs of God. We are all sons of Abraham through faith in Christ. All this was, all this was made for you and I so that we could simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And receive all the benefits in this covenant. And God was cutting. So initially it was about him and, and, and Abraham. But the scripture says that in Abraham all the world would be blessed. So we all get on, on this, in on this benefit. And he said, Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Don't you know he was glad to take his boy home alive that day. But Hebrews says that Abraham had already done it in his heart. He already saw it in the figurative sense. Isaac both dead and raised from the dead. He already saw it. So he was willing to go through with it because he already saw it in his head. And God said, that's all I need. You saw it in faith. You already did it in your heart. It's as good as done. Beautiful. And Isaac was spared that day. And Abraham, as we see in his walk of faith, from I have to see it to believe it to believing it before he sees it. The lad and I will go worship, and we will return. <laughs> That's calling those things that be not as though they were. God will provide for himself the land. That's calling those things that be not as though they were. Hmm? And Abraham is our example of a life of faith, that we don't just stay in this infant stage of, I need to see it to believe it. All right? And that's a start. 
But don't get satisfied there. Huh? Be active in your faith. Glorifying God. Being strengthened in your faith. Glorifying God. And if you don't see it, declare it until you see it. Amen. Because if it worked for your father Abraham, it definitely worked for you. Because if he was made righteous by faith, then you're made righteous by faith. If he walked by faith, guess what? You walk by faith. If he could call those things that be not as though they were, you can call those things that be not as though they were. And he's there as your example to know how to be a friend of God and to believe him no matter what. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com. 